Spawnkin' everybody and welcome to Take Your Time, the Persona 5 podcast where we play Persona 5 Royal in real time along with its calendar dates and apparently run in place. I am your co-host Tom Marks joined as always by Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan, how are you? I gotta get my exercise in somehow and what better way than to jog in my chair. <laughs> That's hello. A very good point. We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be going through the dates of June 28th through July 4th, uh, which is all free time. But because this palace, there's some story stuff that I think is happening next week. And because this palace really encourages you to do it early. And I think I know why now. We'll get into that a little bit this week. Um, we're going to just talk about the palace today, which we mentioned last week. And so we're going to dig, go through the whole palace. We're going to do the boss fight. We're going to do the whole shebang. Uh, and then also get into what we've been playing this, or what we did this week. Uh, but first, we have a pop quiz from last week to answer, which we did get a correct guess on in the YouTube comments, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Chloe guessed, the, or I guess I should say, the question was, uh, you talked to Chahaya, who is the fortune teller that you meet on Shibuya, and or in uh, Sh- Shinjuku? Yes. Yeah, Shinjuku. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she wants to sell you this 100,000 yen holy stone to change your fortune uh, and has very clear instructions for maintaining it. Uh, and I asked, what are her instructions for maintaining your Holy Stone? Chloe guessed it correctly with, I'm going to guess, this is this is my favorite because she guessed it, but not because of, like, knowing the text, which is brilliant. It's like real-world tie-ins. It's amazing. Um, said, I'm going to guess for the trivia question based off of what someone told me because I collected rocks, not for healing or fortune, just because they were pretty. Love it. Great hobby. Is... Is it put the stone under moonlight, which is actually partly correct? Jonathan, did you get this one or did you? No, because I still haven't spoken with her. Okay. Um, So I could not remember from my first playthrough. I guess, Chloe, if you're watching this week, why why would you put it under moonlight? Unless that is in the answer. The the official answer is, she says to keep it wrapped in cloth and recharge its power in moonlight every three days. Why you would do that if you were just collecting, like, rocks, I don't know necessarily, but, like, this is since it's a fancy special rock, or sort of, you you apparently need to charge it in moonlight every three days. Like, I I imagine it would, like, if the light is reflecting properly, it would be very pretty under moonlight, depending on what rocks you had. I had a little bit of a rock phase when I was younger. Like, I I definitely, (laughs) I had a moment where I was like, I love Jurassic Park. I should get into archaeology. And so I would collect rocks from, like, those kids' stores that would just have, like, massive, they were like the, the kids' stores where you, like, went to get learning cool toys and they would also just have boxes of rocks that you would pick rocks from and i would get those that's my rock fact for you i think every kid definitely has a phase where they want to be indiana jones Mm -hmm. and then there's another phase where you want to be a uh like a marine biologist right you learn that whales are a thing and you're like i want my Mm -hmm. whole world to be whales like every kid has that moment for like at least a week and then maybe they move on or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I had my rock week. I never had the marine biologist week, I think, just mm. because I lived I lived by the ocean. I Like, I lived okay. in Beach Town my whole life. So, so it, I, it was I just naturally, yeah, I, I basically had a PhD just by living near the ocean, of course. Sure. That's how that works. Of uh, course. Yeah. Well, let's get into the week of June 28th, then. 
Uh, or actually, no, Jonathan, let's check in with the viewers first. Yes. Have, have there been any other lovely comments? There have. Uh, thank you to everyone, of course, uh, for those who are, who are listening and watching. As the show is happening in real time, if you're listening and watching in the future, it won't have really made a difference, but we did put up two episodes at once. Uh, and so uh, Elle commented on one of the episodes and said, not me watching episode 12 and then ele- episode 11 because I got confused easily. That's okay. When we put up two at once, it's very understandable, but appreciate you uh, doubling back. Uh, to, I guess, travel back in time to, to, <laughs> to watch both episodes. Uh, we also got a comment, and it'll relate a little bit to this week, uh, and sort of to a little bit of a question that we've gotten uh, a few times, but Sam wrote in and said, uh, I love Makoto. She's probably my favorite character in the game, and I think she has a great arc. Although when I replayed Royal last year, I realized that her associated palace, Kanashiro's, is not my favorite, especially the second half. We'll, of course, be talking about that palace today. Uh, but the first half music in there uh, slaps, which I do want to talk about uh, that piece especially. Um, are you guys going to do a music discussion at some point? I'd love to hear what your favorite tracks are, maybe do a palace theme ranking. Uh, actually, when you get there, I'd love to hear a general ranking of the palaces as well. I definitely feel like a palace ranking thing totally makes sense to do. I don't know if we want to start doing it as like a running thing. Uh, like I'm totally down to do that as like a, a an updating palace ranking of uh, of some sort. We haven't talked about that because we just read this comment. Um, <laughs> but I'd be down to do that. In terms of music, I think Tom and I have both said we definitely want to dig into it a little bit more at some point. I am expecting to get the uh, I am 8-bit uh, royal uh, vinyl at some point this summer. I think they said it ships during the summer. So maybe when we have that to like physically look at and work with, it might be fun to do that. But uh, I'm definitely down to, because there's like when these soundtracks went on to Spotify earlier this year, that was like such a a joyous day for me. I just nonstop listened. So yeah, I'm definitely down to talk about the music at some point. Yeah, definitely. And Sam is absolutely right. The first half music uh, rules uh, that was something I forgot when we got into this palace. I was like, Me too. oh yeah, this song is great. And then you get to the second half of the palace and you're like, yeah, this song's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but that first half, I have been, because we got a little bit of it last week when you when you first visit the palace. Yeah. Uh, and so ever since that moment, like that, I've just been humming that to myself for the last like two weeks, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so good. Well, let's uh, venture into the palace. Uh, we're going to start off because I think... Uh, we both spent the beginning this week in the palace. I started my week uh, with the actual boss fight since I sent the calling card on the last day of the previous week. And then, Jonathan, I think you mentioned to me beforehand that you just jumped right in on the first day of the week. Yes, yeah. I, I jumped in on Tuesday to go through the palace. Yeah, great. So we're going to start with the palace discussion. Um, but there's some stuff, obviously, some uh, pre palace things that, that we need to talk about in that regard. So... We both had already had the conversation that we talked about last week with Morgana and On wanting to do the thing and the Jose star sort of glowing. Um, that's kind of the predecessor to actually going to the palace, right? Once you get to the palace, uh, Makoto needs a code name. And so that is the first sort of thing that happens, right? Uh, this is another one of those moments, I don't know about you, where I love Makoto just instantly like being cool with everything and being confident, right? Where people, like, Yusuke was just, like, anything someone suggested, he was just like, okay, I guess, yeah. And, like, An was, like, a little bit more unsure about it. And then Makoto is, like, every time she gets a suggestion, she's just like, no, next, go. Keep going. Give me another. And it's like, okay, Makoto. Without spoiling it too much, I mean, we're going to talk in the next few minutes. But, yeah, so much of this palace is just reaffirming, like, 
I, I think you can maybe get a little bit of a sense and, and it's part of the characters. Like you think Makoto might just be this kind of um, teacher's pet, like just yes kid who who just wants to please everyone around her and like all the adults specifically and make sure that she's doing everything properly but like she is just a super confident and like knows herself person and this palace is all about her kind of like stepping into that and yeah you're told she's just like no i don't like that moving on like she she knows everything she knows what she wants she's like very direct about that and it's so good yeah and we got a little bit of this also in the like intro the first time you go to kanashira's palace with her but like the the other thing that we get here once we get into combat is Makoto I really like the way that Persona 5 does this is up until this point Morgana has been giving you all of your battle instructions right like calling out um weaknesses or whatever and as soon as Makoto sort of takes the role of like the smart person of the group now Makoto is making those call outs in combat right and, like, that's, like, a really cool, interesting way to show that, you know, like, the roles of the group are actually switching in a way that is, I, I think, uh, you you think, or at least I thought that Morgana's callouts were just sort of, like, a mechanical thing, right? And they yeah. do that in a lot of RPGs. You have somebody who is the person who calls out, but that now is switched to Makoto. I, I really like that little detail. Yeah, it, it's a small little touch, but I think it's one of those things that the growth and the evolution of all the characters allows for in this game. And I think it's something that we'll talk about in the future as you know, the group continues to evolve, but it's, it's a really cool little touch that, um, yeah, as, as you said, I think it's, it, it shows also more of Makoto's character as well, which is really important for this moment. Right. And finally, the last little touching your housekeeping thing we have to talk about before we get into the, the meat of the palace is you have kind of a tutorial fight early on to explain what that cryptic conversation between Morgana and An actually is. Jonathan, welcome <laughs> to the world of Showtimes. They're so ridiculous. I, love it. <laughs> I can't wait to get more of them because because that's clearly intimated. I think I unlocked one. I guess without spoilers, I unlocked one, but I haven't seen it yet. Right. Um. Other, but yeah, seeing this. Uh, happen every every chance I could take, I, I used it because it's very powerful, but also just delightful to see this the on and Morgana one uh, yes. go off. So this is a royal exclusive mechanic where uh, just pretty rant. Like I mean, there, it is it has certain things that'll make it more likely to happen. Like if a the enemy gets weak, because it is used as like or it's presented as like a finisher, right? Um, and it's basic. It's called a showtime attack where. If you unlock it specifically with two people on your party, we'll be doing a showtime together and you get this ridiculous, over-the-top, incredible animation that then does just a huge amount of damage. Um, It's basically like a... uh, uh, Oh, God, I'm blanking on the the names of the... It's basically an all-out attack in the middle of a combat, right? But, like... You tr- it just sort of happens occasionally, as long as you have somebody who has it in the in your party. And a key thing here, just so you know, is you do not need both people in your party. You only need one of them. Um, yeah, and so it's just like the Morgana on one, right, is this ridiculous thing of Morgana professing his love to on with a bouquet of flowers, and then on pulls two They've machine guns. guns out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> they do this huge, ridiculous spinning in the air attack and blow up the person. And yeah, Mar- Morgana like flipping to throw the bomb is always just such a delightful little animation. It's a yeah. it's a really cute thing. It's it's it, it is a royal edition, but it is one of those things where I think it's also a great sign of we've talked about this before, and I think it's one of the like things people who who don't get into p5 tend to say about it is like oh well, you're playing the tutorial for the first 15 hours it's like i mean technically you're learning stuff 40 hours into this game still like right we, there's another thing that comes up later in this palace that's new to p5 royal i think unless yes I, I'm forget- yeah um and we'll continue to get more stuff and it's one of those things where it's just like the game is just really good about pacing things out so it doesn't throw everything at you at once because if all of this came up in Kamoshida's Palace, I would probably be overwhelmed and not use half of it for the rest of the game. Right. Um, I think by doling it out in this lengthier fashion, it one makes every palace feel a bit more like there's a, a little bit of a mechanical reward to it. And because, uh, like, without getting too deep into it, I similarly to Sam who wrote in, I don't love this palace. Um, mm. it, it, it wasn't my favorite in the first one and it still wasn't really my favorite in this one. Um, but getting these little extra bonuses of things that can pop up add even more flavor to it. And the fact that Royal adds even more makes it feel like, okay, there's still stuff to like and enjoy, even if this isn't a high point of the game for me. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And it, I, I like that too. I, I think at this point, this free period definitely feels like where the training wheels are pretty much completely off. You have for a sure. lot more people yeah. to be hanging out with. You so have... Nice so much stuff to do at any given point um it feels like the game is in full swing at this point but like you said you're not done learning stuff and that's even true beyond just this point like there's more stuff to teach um and and it's it's also it's not true. a it's not a bad thing that that stuff doesn't come all at once absolutely and it's a it's a true thing to learn about life as well Aww. that's why persona 5 <laughs> so wonderful anyway uh getting getting back to fighting monsters See. so the, the the we're gonna let's let's break it down by section. You said you weren't like a crazy fan of this palace. I'm like middle of the road on it. I don't dislike it, but I also kind of am like, sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the boss. I like the royal changes to the boss too. But let's. I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I liked the royal changes to the boss. I this was probably one of my least favorite boss fights originally because it just mm. felt it it. I think the thing about this palace for me is that if it's one of the ones that feels most like a slog to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and partially that might be because the last one introduced like the breaks that things had to happen in the real world. And this was just kind of like, you can just barrel through this. And as someone who doesn't want to like waste time, I'm like, I need to be in this palace for the entire thing and just get through it. And uh, it also came because I felt a little bit underleveled both this time and I think last time. But um, yeah, it just feels like a very kind of you're, you're just pushing through and pushing through and pushing through. And I didn't like there's nothing about it aesthetically that is like incredible to me compared mm-hmm. to some of the other ones. And so then getting to the boss fight in the original game where it just felt like you just need to push through like it is just about fighting. There wasn't really a trick to it other than just right. don't die. Um, and at least this time I do agree, like the Royal changes, I think help it a little bit there. Um, and same with like having the will seeds in there made searching through this place that I didn't otherwise love a little bit more creative, but yeah, I think it's just more the, like the pacing of it for me is just kind of like, it's just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's not that interesting to push through for me on a, like 
an, an aesthetic or a narrative level within within the palace itself. Um, and there's there's also I think to that end, uh, and let's get into the sections of the palace because to that end, there, there's not many, right? There's not many. Yeah actual locations in this palace and some of them have a decent like not like a crazy amount but like there's a little bit of retreading your steps in this place and so the first kind of area is this upstairs sort of palace lobby office area um that doesn't really have a ton notable about it right like you sort of just fight your way through to a control room which gets you a key to get into like to get into an elevator room that will get you down to the next floor below it. Um, and there's not really like, I don't know. I was just kind of going to breeze past this part. Cause there's not like a ton of stuff in that area. It's some fun fights. Right. And, but it's, it's just sort of, like you said, just sort of going, this is the first yeah. time you're introduced to the dog enemies, right? To yes. yeah. the dog shadows, which are not, not crazy different. They're basically just like, can detect you a little easier. Yeah. It, it's more of a, just a, a, a twist on that thing of like you're hiding and you're walking around. Yeah, the, they'll more likely notice you. And and I right. think like this first section maybe is kind of what sets the stage for me feeling that way throughout the palace because I, I I think it gets better as it goes along and then hits kind of a a frustrating point for me at the end that we can talk about. But um, yeah, it, it, this sort of opening area I think is just it feels a bit generic. Um, yeah. To, to and the, it's, it's to the sort of simple, yeah. right? It's before you yeah. get into the weeds of it. The next area as you go is this this section with that, like, not real vault door, but, like, a big vault door where you have to get to a security room. So first you have to go to two different sides of the map you're in of this underground area to deactivate cameras to then get to the security room that then gets you two keys to get the door open. And this is another one of those situations where like getting one of the keys sends you back to the first control room you go to though. Mercifully, it's like, do you just want to go there right away? And it's like, yes, yes, yes I do just want to go there right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's th- this section is again, it's like fine. The security camera stuff is such a, is so one of those JRPG puzzles to me where it's just like, you just sort of hold down L2 and you like don't step in the light. And that's not really like a challenge necessarily. Yeah. Um, it It's the, um, uh, like a thing of a, a totally different game, but like in the, the Batman Arkham series, I think like one of the knocks against it is that like you spend 90% of your time in detective mode to check on things. Right. And it like, this is a palace where I very much am just holding down L2 anytime I'm in those areas just to be safe. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, and so you go through that area. Th- that's another one where, like, pretty quick, you get through some mid-bosses. I do like the, um, whatever it is, the line of mid-bosses you fight. Like, the Suiki and those guys are, like, yes. pretty um, visually interesting. They're pretty cool to fight against. They're, like, can be kind of tough. Yeah. Um, the the Persona design and, uh, yeah, like, battles here I think are really interesting. And it also gets you to, like, a you really need to be using the widest swath of uh, abilities that you have. Like, this right. is really a, uh, a a skill check kind of area. Sure. Because, yeah, you're, you're going through a lot. There's a few enemies where you have to start dealing with psychic damage and... I didn't have a persona that dealt psychic damage, so it was very much about uh, making sure I had a couple items, and then I used those items, and then I was like, well, crap, I'm just going to put you all to sleep and hope it works out. (laughs) Um, This is, I I think, as you get past that vault door, you get through this area that's like, uh, 
I, I just called it the long money room. I remember this area being way more frustrating the first time I played the base game, but it's because there's just a lot of backtracking through thin hallways full of cameras, and it's, like, pretty simple. But like you said, I really do like this area more in Royal, be, partly because of the will seed stuff. Like, it, it gives you more areas to explore in this in this section. You get that kind of cool swinging shot where you, like, yeah. swing over the money pit to the vault, the will seed. I, I like this area more than I used to, I think. Me too. I, I think the will seed uh, additions really help here for the pacing of it as well. And, uh, yeah, as you said, like, the, the terrible... There's no other way to call it. But, like, the money shot of you swinging over the money is just such a great... Um, visual element and and I think that's a thing that for me also crystallized that like a lot of this palace is not the most visually interesting or like dynamic compared to the others uh, right. and part of that is like just the reality of you're in a indoor bank like there's only so much you can do with that without it going too extraneous and especially with it playing into Kondashiro's belief that everyone is his personal ATM like it, it all makes sense but yeah I think it's this adds to the dynamism of it a bit that that helped keep up the pacing for me as we went through. Yeah, and that's that's right. Like that that's similar to what Madarames was in that the first kind of area you're in is very sort of like it's straightforward museum-y and then the the deeper you go it gets more kind of distorted museum. But the difference yeah. I think you're right about is that like a gold museum is just more visually interesting baseline than just like a money covered uh, bank. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with that there. Although I do, re- like we said, the music is incredible and I do it's really so enjoy, yeah. I enjoy the idea that you're robbing a bank. I really like that sort of thematically. Totally. Um, then you get this little mid boss section. So here's the thing that I think is really telling about this palace. You fight this mid boss, which is for me when I first played the game was like a total level check. It like absolutely wrecks you if you're not careful. Um, and then you take the elevator down to the main sort of central vault room, which Makoto very quickly and intuitively discovers is a giant combination lock in itself. Um, this is, I think, a very telling thing about this palace. There are only three safe rooms, I believe, in the entire palace. Yeah. And one of them is right before that mid-boss, and then right after it is a second safe, or is the third safe room. Right? So, like, there's only three safe rooms in the entire palace, and two of them are almost next to each other. They're essentially separated by a single fight and an elevator. Yeah. Um, Which I think is indicative of how much you are sort of, like, going in loops, right? And I don't necessarily mind palaces reusing safe rooms, but you compare that to something like Kamoshida's palace, where you have, like, eight safe rooms or something like that and it's definitely a different sort of vibe of palace um yeah this was the the first time i also died during a fight was this mid boss mm. and so that also that 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 definitely colors it a little like for full you know i guess objectivity purposes uh but like i died during this fight and it sent me way back because i hadn't saved right before it because the, right the safe room i i didn't go back to it until after. And so it was just that little like, oh, God damn, I have so much I have to deal with right now. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of hurt the process, I think, a little bit as well for me. Yeah, it's weird. It's genuinely weird that you get through, like, 
multiple rooms without another safe room. Like it is, this game does not very often force you to do that. Um, And then we get into the meat and potatoes of it, unless you wanted to talk about that before, but. Um, No, I don't think so. I, sorry, also I was very distracted because I thought there was a a fly on my desk, but it turned out to just be a piece of lint. Um, So I was very (laughs) confused for a second. Uh, But anyway, uh, no, I think that that pretty much covers it. Yeah, the, the big, uh, as you were saying, Makoto sort of realizing the big, uh, why can't I think of the word that you just said? But yeah, the, the final section of the game being the, the layout that it is. Oh, also, the vault. Yeah. The, yeah, the vault was, I think, the f- also really colored it from my first experience because I had a really like negative opinion of it because it felt very... It felt very grindy or like to the point where it was, we're just going to keep adding layers, not because it's interesting to do, but just because it makes sense to sure. give you more roadblocks here. Um, sure. So this is, I think, the section that everybody thinks of when they think yes. of this palace, right? Yeah. When nobody remembers or talks about the office section or the, the other stuff beforehand. The the thing that anybody remembers when you say Kanashir's Palace is this giant combination lock, and it's getting these little code book clues to press the buttons right and then turn all of the vaults to line up to get through, which I think I I think I've always liked this section more than most people do. I actually think it's really thematically fun and cute and clever, and I don't mind kind of going back downstairs and then back upstairs and saving at the same save point. I've never, I never really minded that stuff and I liked it thematically enough that it didn't ever really like stand out and bother me, but I totally understand why people, I I understand the criticism that people think it might be like, or people think it's a slog or that you're just sort of like grinding at it. Like I, I totally get that. I think for me, like having played it now as the, the second time compared to the first, I think if this was the bulk of the palace, um, granted, it would then be a much shorter palace, but I think if this was the bulk of the palace, I would have appreciated it more because I do think that the the code combination puzzle is is a smart one, um, and I think the the visual design of it, the the way it it teaches you to go throughout it, because you do have those like money doors that you can also uh, yeah. cheat your way through. Like I do think there are really good ideas in this section. I think it just for me, especially as someone who goes through this palace all in one go it if it didn't come after sort of two sections that are just kind of middle of the road for me i think i would enjoy it more but it it is that idea of like okay i went through all of that i had some really tough battles and then it's like okay area go down area go down and i think it's just one of those like haven't i proven myself enough can i just go to i i think if it if it was on its own like I, i agree with you i do think it thematically works i think it's visually an interesting idea i think like playing into the bank idea playing into his psyche it's also the the best look into his psyche and i think that's also something that's missing from the earlier sections it doesn't really it doesn't really tie into kanashiro who ostensibly is not a character we get to know all that well which is fine you don't need to like dig deep into the psyche of what is clearly very terrible obviously a terrible money-sucking mafia boss like bad dude i get it very quickly but at least like this final section to your point like i think plays into his whole thing much better than the sections before it do yeah you could they could have cut the entire long money room i think and the palace probably would have been stronger for it and i agree there is a world where i would like to see a world where basically the entire palace is this vault section and maybe they make 
it like a little bit longer and then it feels more like that's the challenge you're doing rather than like a wall like five walls in a row at the end of the palace i i agree with that but yeah i i think generally the I think generally this section does get a bad rap for sort of that feeling and, like you said, the sins of what comes before it. Whereas I think the things you're actually doing, like, when you go down and fight guys and do things is, like, I think those are decently fun little challenges. And I would totally agree there, yeah. Uh, and the codes, too. Like, this is my thing, right? I don't like JRPG button puzzles that don't make you think. And this little code book thing is not, like the most complex puzzle in the world, but it actually makes you think about what you're doing when you're inputting those codes in a way that I think most of the puzzles in this game don't necessarily do. And I appreciate that. Yeah, this is the one that makes you do the most uh, mental thought. (laughs) It is just, it is like so far, it is the only one that really like, I wouldn't say taxing, but makes you have to go not just, okay, what is A to B, but what is A to C? And, and right. how do you get there? And l- literally, in some cases, how do you get from, you know, A to 3? And it's um, it's it's really good about making you think about that stuff. And I, I think, like, when I first played it, I was writing the notes down in my phone to make sure I didn't have to go back through the... Um, the menus too much yeah that is a hassle (laughs) but this time i was like you know what i'm gonna remember things and i tried and you know what i did and i felt very smart about myself so you know what sometimes you just need those those rewards to yeah when you don't take uh tests and have daily uh teachers questioning you unless you're playing persona 5 royal uh it's nice (laughs) to to test yourself every now and then yeah, I uh, I think I had to look up the last one. I sort of started losing track of everything in my head. And to that point, it is really annoying to go through and find the right key items in your inventory that, like, that is an annoying thing, right? It, it would have been easy if it just was, like, before you input the code, there should just be a menu option that's, like, do you want to look at the journal pages? And you would right. just, like, click it and, and go through. That would be, like, the way to solve it, but... Who knows how on the back end of how this game was designed, if it would even be an easy thing to imp- implement. Oh, so, yeah. Of course, yeah. And and then, so that section, you know, divisive. I totally understand people who like it less, but that does get you into the vault itself, uh, which is just a big old empty vault. And you're like, great, this will go fine. And you leave to go send the calling card. <laughs> um, As you do. Yeah. Yes. So let me find my place in my notes because it took me a bit before I sent the calling card. Oh yeah. So you send, when you go to send the calling card or when you send the calling card, you do actually get the, um, conversation between Ryuji and Makoto. Mm-hmm. Did you get that as well? At the train station? You mean yes. to get the, yes. Yeah. I, yes. I did get that. I actually had a day in between though. Cause I didn't, Oh, I didn't immediately. Well, I immediately sent the calling card, fought the boss, died very quickly and was okay. like, oh, maybe I'm a little too underleveled. So I, I went back to my save and uh, took a day in between to go back to Mementos to grind a little bit. Do you remember what level you were when you faced the boss? Uh, not originally. I want to say I was like level 23 or 24. Um, and maybe that is the correct level, but I just felt very weak. I don't know if it was my lineup or the items and whatnot, but I went back and got like two more levels in... Uh, in mementos, which got me to like level, I want to say I was at level twenty six or twenty twenty six ish 
when yeah. I fought the boss. Um, I, I think that's about where I fought them, too. I think I was okay. 27 by the end of the boss. Yes. Yeah, I got... I, I had... Uh, Joker is 27 in my current save, but yeah, I definitely fought him originally at, like, 24 and just got my butt kicked in, like... The, the first time he uses his rolling attack, even though I had people guarding, Joker just fell. Um, one and one so. not, like, not exact rule of thumb, but every palace is 10 levels, is, like, roughly what you can go off uh, of. Okay. So the first yeah. palace, you're going to get, by the end of the memento strip after the palace, you should be at about level 10. Second one, you should be at about level 20. This one, like, if you do a memento strip after Kaneshiro, you'll probably be at around 30, right? And And yeah. that sort of continues. So if you're ever curious about, like, whereabouts you should be at the level like the upper half of whatever kind of 10 you're in is like about what you should want for the boss yeah. generally that's not, again not a hard rule it especially changes later on because there aren't you know 10 palaces or whatever it is so yeah, yeah. no it, it totally makes sense that was that was something that i think this was the first time this happened in the original game for me too where this was the first time i really had like a loss like i got through right the first couple, I actually at one point I think bumped down my original playthrough to easy just because I was having such a frustrating like one shot kills very much like later in the game where I was just like sure. let me just because uh, that lets you essentially revive your characters mid mid fight instead of having to restart the fight. Um, which you know what? if that's how you have to play that I'm glad it's there for people. So I I did that on my first run, but this I was like I I want to stick to a normal run at the very least. Let me let me stick through that, and so this just met felt like the most sensible thing to do. So I had like two outstanding mementos, uh, uh, change of hearts that I needed to do. So I, I went and did those leveled up a little bit and felt at a bit more of a comfortable place and then went back. Um, cool. and set my calling card on the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally fine. Like the other thing is, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't struggle as much with the boss, but the, there were some enemies leading up to the boss those guys that are just like you know don't have any weaknesses and will like wage war you so that you have to attack and like you can just get caught off guard by those and i got my totally. butt kicked by a few of those for sure yeah this is i this is easily the most difficult like you really need to be understanding every little element of what you have and um i think a problem that i had the first time around that i played through is like i really just focused on having attack abilities like i really did not think support abilities would be useful because in most jrpgs that i tend to play i just kind of go all in on attacking like i don't mm -hmm. worry too much about playing defensively but it really benefits you to take your time and to play with the skills that buff you or debuff the enemy or uh can put enemies to sleep or make them forget um or or confuse them like all of those things really do show their value and i think this is the the first palace where like if you're not thinking about how you use everything you can really kind of get stopped in your tracks yeah i generally don't use the like the like stat buff or debuff ones until i get the ones that are the all version of them for sure because i'm yeah. impatient but you're no. totally right that those things yeah. definitely are very valuable especially as you start getting into the later levels yeah. Um, probably more valuable than some JRPGs where you can just sort of brute force your way through stuff. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the boss though, because yeah. after, or I guess, yeah, so we have the Ryuji Makoto conversation. That's what we were talking about. Yes. Um, which is another showtime for them, but we don't know what yet, right? We haven't seen it actually in action yet. Yeah. Um, 
I love that they they really double down on just how like the, they keep saying it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I did this. I, I was playing a video game. It made me think of this, and I'm, I'm just I haven't seen it yet. Like it didn't show up for me in the the boss battle. I don't know if it can. I assume it can, but I didn't get to see it yet. So it's still a mystery to me what this will look like. But I'm very very excited for it. <laughs> yeah, it's that one is very good too. There is some real like there's some just really really wonderful ones later on too that I think you're gonna really like. I can't wait. Uh, um, let's get to. The boss, though. So the boss, you go back, you send the calling card, you go back through. This vault has not decided to close itself in multiple days, and that's totally okay. Um, You get into the boss's lair, uh, and... uh, Oh, I I guess the way they do the boss, too, is Makoto and Ryuji, like, basically cover Shibuya in calling cards. Yes. Which is not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, I love, just quickly, I love the conversation that happens over text with the group is like, oh yeah, we, we left it to Ryuji and Makoto, and, and I forget who, but someone's like, well, thank God Makoto's there. If we had just left it to Ryuji, I'd be a little worried, but I think we're going to be okay <laughs> since Makoto's there. And the best part about this is is that, that I think it's the group chat with everyone. So yep. they're saying this to Ryuji, where <laughs> it's just like, yeah, thank God our idiot friend uh, didn't do this alone. Otherwise, it'd be trouble. And it's like... He has those receipts. Like, he is reading this. To be fair, they also just say those things to his face. It's true. No, and like, it's, <laughs> it's not out of character for them to be doing I just love the idea if it was, like, us in a group chat with, like, three other people. And I was like, well, at least Tom didn't make this dumb choice again. Anyway, Tom, <laughs> great to talk to you. But, yeah, it's just such a funny, like, it, it shows you their, like, comfortableness with each other, I guess. That yeah. They're okay to, to dump on their friend like this. But, yeah. There's also, uh, I don't remember what this one, where this was, but there's a great moment where Makoto says the old me is dead. And I'm like, hell yeah, oh, Makoto. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she's, she's gone through some things. Kaneshiro does something in this palace boss fight that no other palace boss fight person, I guess kind of Madarame did this a little bit, maybe a little, they kind of did this. He actually prepared and yes. they get to the boss fight area and there's a giant vault door. Um, and he shows up. And turns into a creepy fly man. And this is so also one of, one of my favorite jokes is that he starts, like, I don't know why, but he starts talking like like a rapper because he's hella fly. Yeah, it really just kind of goes off the rail. Like, it doesn't make much sense. It's literally just for that joke. It's yeah, literally it just because he's, he's fly. Yep, there's it. so there's so much else they could have done with like what they've set up as is him as this slimy mafia boss, and then he's like, it's "Yeah, so but we're gonna battle, yo!" And I'm like, "Oh no, oh no!" Yeah, it's oh, no. very weird, but whatever. Um, so also, this is also I, I like this part because there's this giant vault door, and then he just flies into it and it opens up, and it's actually a robot. And you're like, "Okay, I guess that vault door wasn't. I mean, we couldn't have gotten through that, but that's fine. I guess we'll Thanks, fight this guy. robot now." Yeah. Um, so Piggytron shows up and, uh, that is the boss fight. So what do you think of this boss fight generally? Cause it's got these two phases, right? It's got the yeah. Piggytron boss phase and then it's got the second phase where he gets these, this is the new to Royal phase where he gets these two fly bodyguards, one of which has these giant riot shields that will block anything you throw at him. It'll just get in the way and take the damage instead. Yeah. I am, so on my end, uh, sort of as I was hinting before, I don't like the Piggytron part of the battle. Sure. Um, Or at least I I 
was more okay with it this time, especially once I felt properly leveled. But when playing it in the base game, it very much felt like I am just pushing forward and pushing forward and, and slightly chipping away at health. Like, it didn't really feel like there was anything interesting about the fight there. Um, yeah. I think this time when I felt a little more evenly matched, it was slightly better just in terms of because I knew I was debuffing it way more since it was just one enemy. Like, it didn't matter about having single or all enemy debuffs because I could just debuff its attack only and debuff its defense and raise out like i would just focus in on whoever i knew was the strongest and raise our attack and raise our defense and that that helped the pace of that portion but i did like the the royal edition much more here because it just it felt a little bit more strategic it was it was like you had to you couldn't just then go all in on attacking him it was thinking about where you're placing your attacks first but what about you yeah, the Picatron fight basically just has, like, the, oh, he's gonna roll on you, I guess we gotta defend, and then the second part of it is the, um, you get an option to throw him an item, right? I don't know yeah. if you did that. I did once, yeah. Yeah, I, I threw him, I was very sad because the you get to choose, like, the value of item or whatever, uh, and of course I'm gonna go with the most expensive one because you gotta go all in, and it was a bead chain, and I was so oh, sad. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I forget what mine was. I think it was like a gift item, maybe, or like an no, no, it was some kind of ointment. But mm. it was it was good enough to stop him. But I was like, I don't want to give this up. But I also yeah. don't want to. I like uh, Joker was already at half health at that point. Like it just caught me at a bad turn. So I was like, yeah, fine. Here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So the, once you knock the Piggytron down. He pops out, and yeah, I totally agree. I think the second phase of this fight is really interesting. The Piggytron, I think the problem with... I liked it thematically okay, and it's not like For a sure. terrible fight, but the the thing to me about it is it is just... It's so similar to, like, basically just Kamoshida, right? Mm-hmm. Where Kamoshida had that big volleyball attack that you had to defend for, and then you try to stop him before he does it, and then you just punch him a bunch. And, like, it was very... Th- similar to what we'd seen this fly fight is so kind of unique within it right like there's not really a fight that's exactly like it before or after a boss fight specifically where you have somebody like jumping in front defending and yeah then you can you know morgana i think gives you this tip but you can like put the the shield fly to sleep and yeah. then he won't be able to defend is like such a really like that's really clever and cool um and then eventually it ends or gets towards the end where he, like, runs out of money. And so he's like, well, I can't pay these people anymore. So they just leave. Yeah. Is like, I think that's a really good goof, too. Like, that's a very funny, uh, it's a very, very funny thematic joke in the middle of the fight that doesn't feel, you know, you're already, like, got them way down at that point. So it's not like it feels cheap or anything or, like, the fight just ends. Um, I'll also say... I did a in just insane amount of damage accidentally in this How? fight. Um, so Joker was... Joker had... No, Joker didn't have flow. Joker had attack up, and I baton pass. He was ranked through baton pass, and I passed to him. Um, and then also Ryu, or Makoto's ability triggered that increases physical damage by 40%. And then I was using, because I never used these in the first game, or the first time I played through Royal, the, like, DLC persona. Oh, yeah. That are, that are like, incredibly powerful. I've made a rule that, like, 
I can use those if I can craft them. I'll never just, like, buy them for free. But if I can craft them, then, like, sure, why not? I never mm -hmm. used them the first time I played, so I might as well try them now. And I use this guy named Izanagi Picaro that has this ability called Cross Slash uh, that is two heavy attack physical attacks to somebody. So it was a level three baton pass with an attack up and Makoto's 40% damage thing and that two heavy cross slash hit. And I hit uh, Kanashiro directly with it. And it did, I, I want to say two thirds of his health in a single attack. Damn. It was just like the game, it was like literally the fight went from right in the thick of it to like, oh, it's over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those... And I did not expect that. <laughs> those, those DLC uh, Persona can definitely do that. It's nice you have those rules. I don't, so I just have had Thanatos t since the beginning, which I don't use that Hell often. Yeah. But, like, because each of his attacks is, like, 26 or, like, 32 SP. Like, it'll right. it'll take most of ton. your SP. So it, it's a really, like, get-out-of-jail-free card kind of attack that I've only used sure. rarely. I did use it here because I was like, I need this very badly to make sure... Uh, Piggytron just goes down quickly, but uh, yeah, they're very they're very useful, and I I appreciate though that you have those rules. Uh, yeah, they're super powerful. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like I don't shame anyone for using no, them, right? Because they're in the they're in the game, mm -hmm. and you might as well. But um, yeah, the first time I played through, I just kind of like didn't want to because I just was like. I don't know. This feels kind of weird. And then the sure. second time now, I'm like, why not? I, I've beaten it already. Like, exactly. It's just, just for fun. Got Do nothing it. to prove. Follow your heart. Um, speaking of, you defeat Kanashiro. He falls out onto a pile of gold bars that are his treasure. Giant gold bars. Uh, and sort of the important thing here is that uh, he reveals that he's like, why are you changing hearts? You could be making so much money in palaces. To which I say... I am also doing that. Um, but, Why not both? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says that there's already a criminal out there who is using palaces for profit. Uh, and this is very alarming to the group. And you're like, maybe it's that person in the black mask that Matarame mentioned. But then the palace starts to fall apart and you steal as many gold bars as you can and put them in Morgana as a car. Um, and run away and drive off of the edge of the flying bank and then go into the real world and crash in the middle of Shibuya, which is such a ridiculous, wonderful, weird thing that there's just like a group of kids and a cat falling out of the sky and appearing randomly in Shibuya. Definitely keeping a low profile at this point. You know, I think it's, yeah. I, I think the, the thievery, you know, the the shat being in the shadows and whatnot, is maybe not their strong suit uh, at this point yeah. still. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very funny visual and a very funny idea, and it, it also, I think, it continues to play into this idea of like these are these are just some kids. They're not going to do everything perfectly. Like I really enjoy the the parts where like they get away with it, but not in like the most perfect way possible. Uh, it's it's a cute little just. Whoops. Yep, we're in the middle of a crowd, and it's very awkward because now there is a cat being crushed by this suitcase in the middle of the street. God, Morgana just dies. Yeah. Morgana's just dead, and they're all like, huh, oh man, we should get Morgana out of the street. Yeah. And then they pull Morgana out of the street, and Morgana is still just like on the ground dead next to them while they're talking. <laughs> um, 
But they take this golden suitcase that was the treasure back. It is full of 3 million yen. And then they realize, I think it was 3 million. I can't remember. Yeah. 30 million is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then they realize that it was, it's all fake. So it's fake money, but they can still sell the briefcase for whatever they need to. Um, then the kind of big, the next little story moment in that is that you, after they sort of regroup and they are like, hooray, we did it. You get a scene with the SIU director again on the phone with someone that you can basically infer is the principal of Shujin. Uh, I don't think it's named specifically, but it's like, it's it's very clear that it's the principal of Shujin. And basically the SIU director is uh, chewing him out for not finding out who the Phantom Thieves are yet, pretty much, uh, which was Makoto's job. Um and also mentions that they have another operative who is already has a list of potential candidates, basically. And like, why can't you do this? You're such a dummy. Uh, and that's where that scene basically ends. Um, that evening, let's just go to this. Th- yeah. So there's a lot of story stuff that goes on. So let's just go through it really quick. For sure. Yeah. And then we can do our free time because yeah, totally. I think that happened at different moments for us. It, yeah, definitely. Um. When you get back and you finish up your evening, Morgana has another conversation with you and levels again, but then is kind of saying that when when they touched the treasure, some memories came back, and he's not sure if he's human or not, and is, like, kind of questioning it, which is real sad. Morgana struggles. Yeah, and you can kind of be like, I'm sure you are, or, like, just be confident, which is the other, like, eh, maybe, maybe I'm not so sure about this either, but yeah, it's, um, I, right. I like the, the way this is piecemeal, piecemealed throughout the story. Like, so far, we're, we're not just... It's a, a mystery that's clearly important, but it, there's so much going on that I think if they just drop that, like, a solution or something to it in the middle of right now would be a lot. So I, I think having yeah. Morgana on this journey is really uh, a really good way that it's structured. Uh, and then uh, that evening you get another Velvet Room trip where Igor confirms that there is another person out there with powers like yours. Uh, so they confirm that in a way that is, like, definite and basically is like oh maybe it would be crazy if you met or something which i'm sure will never come back up again no of course not i yeah i like that um the the way he he talks about it too is just like really self-serving and i think gives you just like another little bit of insight into him because he's like "Ooh, it would be fun perhaps if you two interacted in in a fight perhaps later i don't know i'm just saying it might be interesting if you two (laughs) met and i don't know i'm just offering suggestions of how it could go like he's really into he's really getting into the idea of like yeah there's gonna be a struggle i'm into this but yeah it's uh (laughs) it's an interesting moment yeah it's good to have that confirmation in a way that like Technically, we've been told this stuff by unreliable, not narrators, but like unreliable parties, given that they're right. both two evil men who went through changes of heart and are in very emotional states. Uh, but yeah, it, it's good to have this dropped in there the way it is. Yeah. So now that is a full on subplot. Um, and then the final thing, which I'm just going to bring up real quick because it happens all at once, is the next day, Makoto uh, tells you all that Kaneshiro called her and said that he canceled the debt and is completely like deleted the pictures and has been taken into police custody by Sai in order to make sure that he basically he doesn't like quote unquote disappear like the mafia so often does to people um allegedly and uh yeah this is I find this very interesting because 
this is like the first of the three changes of hearts that just is like, oh, it just happened right away. Yeah. Like the other two, the other two, you have to like wait and you're not sure if it's going to happen and things are happening, but you really don't know. This one is like right away. Kaneshiro is just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, we're good. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Well, normally and they bring, sorry, go, go up, go ahead. I was gonna just say normally you're waiting till that that day, the end of the deadline, to yeah. really know if it, and and yeah, this one's just like oh by the way we're good. Yep, he uh, he confessed. We're yeah. it's it's definitely a change of heart. It happened. You don't have to worry, which I think works, especially after how much pressure the game puts on in this chapter specifically to make you go to yeah the palace. I, it would suck if then you were especially if you did it immediately to then have to wait like two and a half weeks to basically find yeah. out. And it, uh, it kind of half-heartedly tries to be like, well, maybe some other people in the organization have the photos still. Guess we'll wait till the deadline. But, like, it's also very clearly, like, it worked already. And so that's, yeah, it's it's very different, which I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. So that's the entire sort of palace arc, uh, which we cleared, and it only took us the entire podcast, basically. <laughs> so let's jump into what we actually did this week. Yes. Uh, because there, this is some good old-fashioned free time to get into. Oh, yeah. Uh, on June 28th, I think we both... I did the boss, right? And you did the palace. Yeah, I went to the palace. And then in the evening, I had uh, Kawakami make coffee for me uh, and just watched the first part of the Ugly Betty spoof that you had watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read that evening, actually, because I realized I have so many books now. I have so that, many, like, yeah. Like, I have I have a lot of books that I actively... Usually, I try to save reading for, like, other kind of free moments, like, on the train. But, like, I just have so many books I want to be reading that, like, it actually doesn't feel like a waste to read. Yeah. Um, so, I read... I finished the Medjed Menace magazine that I started, like, a month ago. Oh, and wow. And that leveled up my knowledge to three. So, now I'm nice. right there with you at all things at three. Does that mean we're good for the next test session? Is three the next? We should be. Moment? Okay, yeah. cool. Because you needed two for this one, so I right. believe three is the yeah, next that, one. That should make sense. Then. And those are coming up. Um, June 29th, uh, there was a quiz about Shogi. Yes. Uh, which is, it was related to Kaneshiro because it was talking about gold and crowning, and I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but it was also related to Shogi in a thing that it will uh, become clear soon. Yep. Um, I kept waiting day, for that to happen. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway. That day, I went and hung out at the park. Uh, me and Kasumi hung out at the park together. Nice. Just um, not as a, like, leveling, just as a sure. going to do things. This was the day that I originally went to the palace, died, so I resaved and went to Mementos this day to clean up and uh, the, the, clean up the extra... Uh, people i had to change their heart and then uh, sure. level up as well so yeah that was my day and then in the evening i just made lock picks cool uh so in the evening and i think this is where we're gonna diverge a little bit yeah because i think that actually a lot of stuff does unlock when you've completed the palace this one this okay. time so this was actually when hifumi was introduced to me okay i was yeah i was introduced to her later in the week so that yeah, be, so I think yeah. after you do the palace, you get this message basically from Yusuke and the group being like, are there any other cool kids at your school, Yusuke? And Yusuke's like, yeah, there's this famous shogi player named uh, Hifumi Togo. That's your name? I believe so. Togo? I'll double check. Toga? It, but yeah. I can't remember if it's Togo or Toga. Anyway, Hifumi. Uh, and that she hangs out at a church in Kanda and 
just practices shogi in the church and maybe you should go talk to her to learn I guess Ryuji is like to learn cool battle strategies, but really he just wants to see if she's cute. Yeah. Is like the implication. He just, yeah, he's full on Mashima at this point. He just wants to see if it's a cute girl. He does not worry yeah. about the, the battle strategies. So at this point you can go get Hifumi as a confidant uh, and she's very useful, but I actually didn't do that this time uh, because it was Wednesday. So I leveled Kawakami again. Nice. Um, yeah, I forgot about leveling Kawakami. So I sent the <laughs> calling card that day. Yay! And then made coffee in the evening. This is June 30th now? Yes. Yeah. So June 30th, uh, I got... So this is the other thing that unlocks after you do... um, After you complete the palace, I believe, is I got Makoto as a confidant now. Which I think is only available after you do the palace itself. So that's exciting. Yeah. Makoto and I are now real good friends and nice. i really love makoto's original thing because or like early thing because it's all about just like she's like what do kids do for fun oh yeah and you have to like teach her about fun yeah <laughs> forgot about i, so I haven't done it yet but yeah I, I remember that it's it's a very good beginning sort of answer yeah to her yeah uh and then that evening i went and i bought the holy stone from chahaya oh nice for a hundred thousand yen okay which uh we can talk about that later. I won't spoil that for people who haven't done that yet. Yeah. I um, have not gotten there June, yet. So yeah. July 1st. We can read on the train. I read uh, the darts book on the train that morning. Nice. I started the Medjad Menace. Hey. Yeah. And then also because um, this is July 1st, it's a new month, which means that there's new books at the... Central Street Bookstore, there's one about ghosts that'll get your guts up, and at the Shinjuku Bookstore, that's the one that you want to actually go to. Uh, finally, the video game book, the one that lets you cheat at video games, um, appeared there. So I was wrong about that location, or where that comes in. But oh, yeah, okay. that's available now. But what'd you do on July 1st, um, uh, time-wise? After uh, answering the question in class uh, about uh, Julius and Augustus, I believe it was, um, oh, I forgot to write that one down. Yeah. All good. Yeah, because it was the beginning of the month, and I think the teacher's like, I hate the humidity. Uh, the summer s- sucks because it's so long. Anyway, did you know why it's so long? Because these idiots who made their, their months super long that they named after themselves. Uh, but anyway, that happened. Uh, this was the day I did the the fight. Um, so when I went home but, that evening, I just right. uh, finished Ugly Betty spinoff. Hey. Spoof. Um that day, I took on on the same date to the park that I had taken Kasumi on wow. like two days before. Wow. Because I'm a bad person. Damn. Uh, I gave her some Uji Matcha Flan. And then uh, that evening, I got it wrong. I think I, yesterday or last week, I might have said that Kawakami was always on Wednesdays and Saturdays. It's actually, so. it seems to actually be Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay. I might have maybe said that wrong. I don't, I don't remember. It's anyway, fine. you probably just I leveled a few Kawakami. Days. I leveled Kawakami again. Nice. Um, so I've now gotten the ability to slack off in other people's classes. Oh, which is okay. Just more and more little moments of potentially time saves, right? Yeah. Um, July 2nd, I slacked off in somebody else's class. Nice. I, I, I was able to read yet. the book about crafting. Nice. What did you do yeah. in the evening? Uh, oh, well, that day I leveled Yusuke. Okay. So I finally got the the one you were talking about before, which is the okay. um, going to the museum and him getting basically like totally wrecked yeah. <laughs> by that the like by everything. Yeah. Um, um, 
And then that evening I leveled a catchy and did the cool. thing that you had done, which was the hanging out and uh, him getting recognized. And I love that you give him your glasses and, like, mess up his hair to look like your hair is very funny. Yeah. I, I really, really love the Akechi uh, confidant scenes. I'm so glad that they're fully fleshed in this one. I've, I've really liked them so far. I can't wait to see where they go. It, yeah, that that one's really funny. It's just like, oh, it's the Superman thing of, oh no, who could that boring man be, I guess now? Um, <laughs> yeah, on this day, I hung out with Ryuji uh, during the day, so I'm on... I got him to the level right before Max confidant. Um, okay. And then e- in the evening, I hung out with Akechi, but not to rank him up. I just wanted to keep boosting that, so yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and then July 3rd, we're just being right through them. Uh, but this is just like, it, you know, we're both down the palace at this point, so free time is yeah, just like just opening up. Just rush through So it. you've beaten the boss at this point then? Yes, yeah. Does that mean you got the Hifumi conversation? Yes, but I didn't go to okay. hang out with her yet. But yeah, I did get right. the Hifumi conversation. conversation, uh, conversation uh, I think on this day, yeah. So that is triggered by uh, beating the palace. For sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, then on July 3rd, uh, well, on the evening of July 2nd, I got a text from Ryuji. Mm-hmm. Did we both do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course I did. Yeah. yeah. Ryuji. So this is another one of those things that I think must be that you have to do the boss beforehand to trigger. Yeah. Um, but Ryuji says, hey, you want to go fishing? And you go to the fishing hole, which also unlocks the fishing hole as a minigame, which is great. Um, it does? I didn't know that was a minigame. I thought it was just a spot we go to once. I think think it's a mini game no i believe you i just i never did it afterwards i know you can go fishing and get prizes i just don't remember i I believe it's a mini game okay um and then of course while you're there kawakami also shows up and is like oh man and like (laughs) yeah but is also incredibly good at fishing and like teaches you little things about fishing and you get uh, hangout points with both of them, yeah. which is a really fun, weird scene. It's a very funny scene. Yeah, <laughs> I love that she shows up and is like, why are you two fishing on a Sunday like old men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, well, and also it's like you're doing terribly too. So it's just, it's just really uh, adding insult to injury at this point. It's, it's a funny scene. Yeah. Uh, that evening I leveled Yoshida. Me too. Of course. Cool. I think I'm oh, one behind was, you though. There was oh, also yeah. the... Um, Shopping channel, right? And the smoothie. The shopping channel, I think, was... I don't remember what it was. All I remember is that they were evenly priced. I, they were. I bought the... It was protein and uh, right. meditation, like, incense gifts. Or yeah, the whatever. protein and the incense. I bought the incense, even though I don't really have a use for it yet. I don't think I can do anything incense-related to my... Uh, can you lock up people yet? Lock up personas to, like, train them or whatever in I, the Velvet Room? I don't know. I should go check. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I got into the Yoshida stories where I'm now at the point where it's like your presence is literally irrelevant and it's just like telling you Yoshida's story and you're just like there for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I did one and it was like some guy came over and is like the grandson of another person. Kuromoto. Yeah, yeah. That that was the part that I've gotten up to. But yeah, it very much feels like you're just there to watch this guy's story, which is fine. His stuff is good, so I'll take it. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, you know what's something I skipped to uh, at the end of the palace that I totally forgot to talk about is the alarms. Yes. Yeah. So when you're leaving the palace after you finish it, I think, uh, the the 
twins pull you into the velvet room and tell you about alarms, right? Where there's a velvet room alarm going off and basically like everything you do in the velvet room while the alarm is going off is better. Like you'll get stronger items if you itemize personas, you'll get better stats on personas, you can inherit to fully max out their their skills. It's incredibly valuable, but, but the more times you do the same thing over again, it might like fail and screw up and then it'll kick you out and the alarm will end. Yeah. Uh, which is this totally new Persona Royal edition. Yeah, I uh, I did one fusion because I was like, I might as well, it's a trophy, I'm going to do it. Uh, but then I, ha- I haven't messed around with it too much. I had it uh, because this happened before you, it's the, the day you leave the palace. It also okay. happened to me while I was in mementos, but I didn't go back and, and risk it. Cause I was in the middle of grinding and I'm like, I'm just going to finish this. I'm just going to go through. And then I, I forgot to go to the mementos at that point. But yeah, I already, okay, excuse well, me. The, yeah. We can dig into this more later, but okay. what you will learn about the alarms is that they're incredibly valuable. You can get the best items out of them. They're super useful. Okay. And also they're the most annoying thing in the, freaking world because you'll <laughs> be grinding it. in mementos and just like it'll be like hey there's an alarm and then you'll be like okay i don't want to worry about that and so you keep fighting but the continuing to fight will like stack up the alarm trigger oh. so that when you go back to the velvet room you finish the alarm and then you go back out and then you do one fight and it's like hey there's an alarm oh, no. and so like you're just constantly getting alarm notifications while you're in mementos oh, it's ridiculous can't wait for that wonderful yeah so that's a useful but kind of annoying addition to the velvet room good to know. but let's finish up with our last day july 4th uh, obviously not Independence Day in Japan, so not a holiday. Um, there, you can read on the train. So I finished a book about charm on the train that I had started like a month ago as well. Cool. I, yeah, I think I, I was, uh, reading, what did I, I think I read the baseball book. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I still need to read the game book, but I haven't done that quite yet. I have to buy uh, it. <laughs> that day I took Yusuke to the museum to hang out with him. Nice. Which also gets you an item, which is exciting. Okay. I have not done that yet. L- like a decoration, that is. Uh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I studied in the rain and got some got some knowledge just at the diner at that point. Cool. Really? And then without spoiling anything, that evening, uh, I went back and talked to Chahaya again. Because you gotta talk... So... At this point, I've talked to Chahaya three times, and now I have a Mementos quest to complete that I'll then be able to talk to her to maybe get her as a confidant at that point. I was, I should, like, have Oya. I could get Oya as a confidant right now. I could also get um, Hifumi as a confidant, both in the evening, and I didn't do either of those because I really like Chahaya's first ability. Like, I mm. really value that. And so I was like, I'm just going to do this real quick. And then I forgot... How long it takes to get <laughs> Chahaya. You have to hang out with her like five times before you get her as a confidant. I think this is why I didn't do this confidant until like six palaces in or something. Like I, I didn't start her in the first game until like very late in. And when I did, it was like, oh, this is just my life right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I need to start that one soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet. She's valuable. She's really valuable. It's just yeah. like, man... It takes so long. <laughs> which, which do you? Uh, which annoys you more? How many times do you have to do that for her or Yusuke? Just Yusuke. So, okay. Yusuke. Fair enough. Yusuke. Um, you, can, you can just stop now. It's, it's Yusuke. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I just hung out with <laughs> Mishima in the in the evening because I I kept ignoring him and was like, let me let me go hang out with this sad boy. But yeah, at least it makes sense with Chahaya because like 
you you are trying to create a relationship with a random street fortune teller yes. that you don't know yeah. and up through this point your relationship with her is very confrontational so it makes sense that you're not like immediately making friends absolutely yeah it i, I don't i don't think it thematically is wrong it's just like and i honestly i'm not even really annoyed by it like m- mechanically because it shouldn't they shouldn't all just be super easy no but like i just forgot how long it took yeah. it takes a long time it, it's a bit of a a bit of a trek yeah yeah uh anyway that's our week's uh, it was, you know, a good week of just like grind. It sounds like for both of us just grinding out some good free time, getting yeah. some relationships up, getting some points. Like it is just a very productive week. And then also palace is done. So there's that. We'll see what happens uh, next. Let's wrap up though, with our two quizzes, persona pseudonym in the pop quiz for the viewers at home. Jonathan, let's start with you. Yes, of course. Uh, so my persona pseudonym for you this week is someone from, uh, Kaneshiro's Palace, of course. Uh, this is, uh, I had to choose it because I just think it is such a funny name. This is the Human Eating Lady. Oh! Uh, human Eating Lady goes, always is one of the rage people that I'm really annoyed by. Is it, is her name Yaksini? It is. You are correct. Yeah! yeah. Yeah. I know Rakshasa is the other guy. He's uh, the okay. other physically dude that's yeah. with him. Yeah. I just cool. Yeah. I was so amused by the uh the alter ego of human eating lady. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Cuz she's also just like a n- mostly normal looking lady. Yeah. Like I mean she's got weird things here and there but like is very humanoid. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good one. But uh yeah. yeah, I believe you have a pop quiz for us this week. I do. Uh, All right. So here is my pop quiz where I ask you guys to uh, pay attention to the game a little more than maybe you normally would. Because (laughs) we did the palace this week, I wanted to do another one of my uh, treasure questions. Good. Last week I asked about, uh, or last time I asked about Madarame's items that were all kind of like grubby, like the lower cost items. This time I focused on the higher cost items given that it's a bank, a greedy bank. So... I'm going to name four of the treasure items that you can get and then sell to EY. Uh, and one of them is not real. You guys have to tell me at home which one of these is not a real item that you get. Between. Is it a precious bill, a platinum bar, a gold coin, or a stock certificate? <laughs> Jonathan is lost in in contemplation, but we can come back to that next week. Yeah, I have my thoughts, but I don't want to. I don't want to lead anyone down a path. So I'll, uh, I'll one keep one more time: precious bill, platinum bar, gold coin, stock certificate. Okay. Uh, let me know which one of those you don't pick up and sell to EY. But for now, it's getting kind of late. Morgana's telling us to go to bed, so uh, don't forget to if you'd like the show subscribe leave a review give a thumbs up anything like that if you ever want to send guesses for the pop quiz or just comments or anything you can do so in the comments at youtube.com or the dernology youtube channel on youtube you can send us an email at dernology at gmail.com you can tweet at us i'm at tom r marks he's john at jonathan at jm dornbush excuse me um (laughs) and uh we really appreciate it as always uh it's been a blast See you next week. Nice to steal.